What's up, baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoosier BP Podcast. I'm Phil Wade, Executive Director for PBR Indiana, and joining me as always, our Indiana Scouting Director, Blake Kibler. Well, Blake, it's 1.37 in the morning on Saturday. Uh, just got in from uh, Friday's slate of games for the PBR Midwest Select. Did you bring an air mattress for me? Because I really <laughs> don't think I'm going home tonight. I figured you had that here at uh, the old Grand Park by now. thought that old storage closet was your bedroom. I'm sorry. No, no we we upgraded. Okay. No, it, it's early in the morning. Or late in the night, whatever you want to call it. I'm tired. Either yeah, let's way. just move on. We're both here. We're here for yeah. PBR Indiana. Let's cover some <laughs> baseball. Let's go. So, saw a lot today. Saw some good, bad, and some ugly things. Uh, let's just start off with the good. Uh, game one showed uh, Cathedral taking on Edwardsville of Illinois. Edwardsville is ranked number 12 in the PBR Illinois rankings. Is that correct, Blake? Yeah, they're 8-2 and two, uh, coming into this game. Okay. So they're eight and two. Cathedrals are number one. Uh, they scored ten runs in the first three innings. One thirteen three. Yeah, but the shooter told <laughs> us to watch a kid from Edwardsville. Said they had this left-handed hitting yeah, Drake, first baseman Drake power Westcott. hitting guy. Yep. And he, whoa, shooter, you were right. There's some, there's some juice in that bat. For yeah, sure. he absolutely blasted a ball. Yeah, um, <laughs> to make it one nothing. To make it one zero, Edwardsville. Like, oh, Cathedral, um, here we go. Yep. And Cathedral did Cathedral things. and Well, shortstop Jared Poland did Jared Poland things. Yep. He went two for three, two triples, two runs. Four uh, RBIs. A walk. He just filled the stat sheet up. No, he had a heck of a day. Yep. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Phil, we actually had the opportunity to catch up with Jared and sit down and talk to him briefly in between games on uh, Friday. So why don't we go ahead and go to our interview with Jared now. All right, here, we're here with uh, Cathedral senior Jared Poland, Louisville commit. Cathedral just knocked off uh, 12th-ranked Edwardsville in Illinois, 13-3 in five innings. He had a really good day, Jared at the plate, going two for three, two triples, uh, four RBI, two run. You know, how did you feel out there? How was the competition? What's kind of the experience so far for the Midwest Select? Uh, it was great. We came out with a lot of energy, and I think – no one was intimidated by like hearing that these are all the best teams in like the state, so or in the country or Midwest. So, yeah, we were very energetic and we came out hitting really well. And Derek Haslett pitched a really good game. Um, so far, so for the year, you know, has it gone as expected? You know, you guys are continuing to win. Um, you've lost what twice now? Once. Yeah, once. Recently, tied. You tied the yeah. other day. But yep. as far as the whole season. Is it going as expected? You got you think you'll see a lot more progression as the season goes? Uh, yeah, so that first game we lost to Nova's, I think it was a real eye-opener because we did not lose at all last year. So everyone's coming for our next this year and trying to beat us. But, yeah, so we're grinding. All right, and you're on the bump for game two, correct? Yes, sir. You expect to see a big number up there? I'm trying. I'll try. It's pretty <laughs> warm out, so that's all right. the goal. Well, good luck, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Didn't have long there for that interview, but uh, we appreciate Jared jumping on with us uh, in between games. Phil, Cathedral had a couple other standouts in that first game. Who else really stood out for you? And Seth Link, um, he also had two hits, a couple RBIs, a couple runs. Um, on the mound, though, Derek Hazlitt, he pitched a really good game with five innings. I believe he ended up striking out six, uh, got the win, you know, just – Gave up that home run, but really after that, kind of settled in. Uh, 
almost pitching to contact, you know, just not a lot of hard hit balls off him. No, he uh, and Edwardsville's a perennial powerhouse and had a good lineup, which we saw later in the night. They beat Moeller 6-5 in 12 innings. But We'll uh, talk about Moeller here in a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> that's a good team that Cathedral pretty much manhandled no. um, in that game. To our 3A number five ranked team, Providence, uh, they p faced O'Fallon out of Illinois. Uh, O'Fallon came in, was it 12-0-1, ranked number two in the PBR Illinois rankings. Yeah. 12-0-1. Uh, 13 games? Yeah, it doesn't rain, <laughs> snow, <laughs> sleet. It's yeah, not cold. Teams have played like two. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's crazy. Anyways, they came in uh, taking on Providence. Uh, Providence sent out one of the top 2019 uncommitted uh, right-handers in uh, Indiana in Christian Graff. Uh, struggled out of the gate, gave up five five runs really quick. But velocity was there. He's 86, 88. Um, I know he gave up a home run. You know, he just didn't have it the first inning, but he definitely settled in. You know, he didn't give up another run the rest of the time. No, Providence came back, scored eight unanswered, 5-2 uh, in the sixth. Timmy Borden comes up, gets a hung breaking ball, keeps his hands inside. It's a three-run home run. Ties the game 5-5. Kind of felt like Providence – it kind of felt like that was uh, solidified Providence belonged in a way. Yeah, for you coming in, you were yeah. – you weren't worried about Providence. No. But you thought, you know, if some <laughs> – you thought maybe they'd struggle a little bit. Yeah. Because they're facing some bigger teams. Mm -hmm. Providence, until this year, they were a 2A team, you know, which is obviously the – one of the smaller classes here in Indiana, and they're taking on O'Fallon, 4A over in Illinois, mm -hmm. ranked number two. Um, you know, rosters absolutely loaded. No, they held their own. I mean, they didn't they did let board. a they didn't let a 5-0 deficit early. No, knock them down. And and you know, Borden's the leader of that team, and you know, but Graff and Joe Wilkinson, who we're going to talk about here in a sec, are, are pretty good one-two punch to kind of throw out there. Oh, absolutely. Two no, 2019s are going to be 86-88. That's going to be Graf, and then Wilkinson's going to come back 89-91. Yeah. You got those two. You got Borden. That's a good club. No, it's a really good club. So Providence won uh, their first game 8-5. to five. Uh, We're going to – we interviewed Timmy Borden um, after the game. All right, we've got Timmy Borden here with us. Uh, his uh, number five ranked Providence team in 3A just knocked off previous undefeated O'Fallon from Illinois. I believe they're ranked number two in the PBR Illinois top 25 rankings. Guys kind of, you know, had a great game. What'd you see? What'd you think of the competition? What's your thoughts on the Midwest Select so far? Uh, well, obviously, you know, this is our fourth game of the season due to weather. Um, so coming out, seeing competition like this is always good for us. Uh, we are a young team this year, and I feel like you know, like the Midwest Select uh, Tournament is really helping us as a team just come together, just enjoy it, have some fun with it. But um, you know, Fallon was a great team. Uh, you know, they had a had a good pitcher up there pitching against us, and uh, I'm just trying to enjoy every second of it. Why don't you walk us through your first day be there? <laughs> you got one swing, yeah. and next thing I know, umpire's telling you to head back to the dugout. Right. So uh, I walked up there first bat. Our first uh, hitter got on. So looked at coach. Coach ended up giving me a hit-and-run situation. Figured the pitcher would start me off with a curveball, and uh, he sure did. So I swing, 
I missed as the ball down the dirt, but I swung anyway so that I could protect the runner. Um, whenever I came back off my like off my backswing, my bat ended up hitting the glove of the catcher and called me for interference. And so I uh, made the runner go back to first base and called me out, so I only got to see one pitch of that at bat. And uh, kind of was confused on that one, but, you know. So did he make the right call? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Kind of took the bat right out of my hands. That's all right. Well, you got the bat back in your hands. Was it your second or third? It was uh, third, third AB. What'd you see? Uh, you took one deep. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, was, I had the off-speed off-speed approach. I only saw one fastball. The other two uh, at bats that I had had, and so you know, I had the off-speed approach. Just seeing anything off-speed. If I saw a fastball, just take it. Um, so I saw actually a first pitch fastball in that one, and I was like, you know, there's no way he's coming back with that because I just saw that. So then he ended up tossing me a, a curveball and left it up and in and gave me a ride. So felt good off the bat and, you know, put our team back on and uh, actually kind of got us going to where we were down, I'm pretty sure, 5-2 to two, and um, ended up hitting a three-run home run, which ended up tying up the game 5-5, five to five, and we took off that inning and ended up beating up Allen 8-5. So you come from a smaller school down in, in Louisville, don't, you know, near Louisville, don't get as much, your team doesn't get as much attention as the Cathedrals, the Kokomos, all those guys. So what's this weekend mean for you personally? I mean, I, I can't imagine every game you've had that many eyes on you when you've stepped in the box. Right. Um, obviously, you know, this tournament's good for this. And, you know, just to get out in front of eyes, especially not just for me, but for my teammates. You know, you got junior Joe Wilkinson, big, big right-handed, uh, pitcher topped out 91 a few games ago. And you got Christian Graff who pitched today. Uh, big, big right-hander as well. But, you know, us as a team this year coming in, we are uh, we are pretty young. We did lose a few seniors last year, including Jake Lewis, Parker Graff, Justin Betts, those type of guys. And, uh, you know, it kind of took away kind of took away a little bit of life in the dugout. And so, you know, we just had to kind of overcome that and come together as a team, play together as a team. And I felt like, you know, this tournament this week has really uh, – has really helped us just in the first game, so I'm really excited to play the next two games. What uh, what do you guys need to improve to be a state champion? Uh, we definitely need to improve just you know like being talkative in the uh, being talkative in the dugout and picking each other up. You know we are a young team, like I said, so I feel like we just got to play together as a team. And you know I feel like we are all close, and we definitely are all close. But I just feel like you know we got to come together as a team, play together as a team, and just enjoy it as a team. So are you going to be that leader? Do they look to you for that leadership and that talk, you know, the yeah. one to talk up and get the guys going? Right. Yes, sir. They do. Uh, you know, last inning right there, I told Coach Horner before I went out to uh, the shortstop, I said, you know, Coach, if Christian gets in trouble, I want to be out there pitching. And so Coach said, okay, you can go down there and warm up. So I went up down there warmed up. I'm not really a pitcher, so I'll go down there, I throw five pitches and say I'm good. Um, but anyway, so Christian ended up walking the first batter, and so they brought me in. And, you know, uh, I'm not cocky type, but I, I won that ball in that position. You know, I felt like, you know, this is my team. I'm going to do anything I can for us to uh, to move on to get the dub. And so ended up striking out first batter, uh, gave up a hit, and then uh, got an out as well. So two outs. So. Well, I saw you throw, and, and we were shocked. <laughs> You're down here a little bit. Yeah, a little. It was a little submarine. <laughs> not really. It was about three-fourths. But, yeah, yeah, but – we were a little surprised. So, uh, rumor on the street is you have a younger brother named Grant. Um, I've heard he's better than you. Any truth to that? Well, 
don't know about that. He might have better hands than me because there's no way he was faster than me. <laughs> he came to, uh, what, the Future Prospects yeah. camp a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to give you a run for the money. No, yeah. He's a nice, he's you know, switch hitter. Switch hitter, long, lanky, like you were back in seventh, yeah. eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's just he's starting, to, he's starting to catch up with him. He just needs to get the hitting tool up there a little bit. But that comes with strength and, you know, just growing as a player. So, Well, Timmy, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, we know you got another game later tonight. Um, so but. way to keep the Indiana win streak going. Everybody's won so far. Kokomo's struggling out there. Yeah, <laughs> Kokomo's going to need to put some runs up here in a few minutes. But good luck. Next one, keep representing Indiana. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Can't thank Timmy uh, enough for jumping on with us. Um, we're going to transition into uh, one of his future Cardinal teammates at Louisville, uh, Jack Perkins and the Kokomo Wildcats. Our number two ranked Kokomo Wildcat it was the took game. on Moeller. Everybody was excited to see. There the were behind a bunch the, of guys oh there. A lot of, excuse me, a lot of pro guys yeah. definitely there. They're there to see Perkins, who got the start. There to see uh, Moeller's uh, third baseman, Cam Swanger, Missouri commit. 23 to 8 was the final score. <laughs> Kokomo took the loss. Yes, 23 uh, to 8. So one thing we learned was, and we're going to spend more time probably talking about Moeller, but uh, I'm pretty sure that Moeller likes 92-mile-an-hour fastballs. Yeah, apparently, because Perkins was 90-92. Most of the time he was in. Butcher came in. He was 90-92. They like fastballs. But I will say, though, a lot of those fastballs were left up and over the plate. Yep. Which, you know, for most high schools, high school arms, you're going to get away with that because most high school hitters can't touch it. And we Moeller see that here can. in Indiana. Muller can. And I they absolutely raked. We were talking about this kid, uh, the unsigned senior from Muller, uh, Jack Warnke. Yep. Hit in the eight hole. He had a 16-pitch at bat. Yeah, 16-pitch AB. Like, that tells you how locked in that whole lineup was. He was And he was four for five yes. with a couple doubles. <laughs> The Cameron Swanger kid, the Missouri commit, was yep. three for four, had five RBIs. It w- Taylor Hopkins had three hits, uh, what, a triple, three RBI. Like yeah, that, that was their whole that's team. That's just a cut. Right. I, I yep. think their whole team was 50 for 50. So, I mean, like, I was thinking about how do you bounce back, you know, trying to think back to high school coaching days. And really all you can say is, hey, guys, I, we ran into a really hot team. Forget about it. Let's move on. Let's get ready to play tomorrow. I'm lucky for Kokomo. They've got Root and Wade. Right. Root's coming back first game yep. uh, today, yeah, actually. Later. <laughs> later on this afternoon. Nine hours. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Kyle Wade's going to throw the third game. Kokomo's way too talented to let this get to, get to them. Um, they're going to be fine. It's just one of those fluky things, man. Once the gates are open, it just it continued. And the only thing – I wish they would have – Yeah. I don't know where it, going. You can – you know, it's easy to say, but make those guys move their feet in the box. They were way too settled in. Yeah, make them uncomfortable. I think the time. Bat Boy got some ABs, <laughs> and he went in there and was four for four. <laughs> like, nobody was afraid. No. Nope. Um, but, you know, they'll they'll move on. They'll get past it. Uh, I, expect, I expect them to have a really good day tomorrow. So that's Kokomo. Um, what else did we see tonight, Blake? <laughs> well, I mean. Or yesterday. It's been a really long day. You got to cover Cathedral 
took four loss. It's not oh, really that's true. They had the back-to-back games. Um, yeah, because we only talked about them against Edwardsville, right? Yep. Poland got the start. Yep. Showed well early. Yeah. He was uh, early. He was eighty-nine to ninety-one consistently. Uh, popped a couple ninety-twos. Spun the breaking ball well. This defense. I don't know how many errors they ended up giving them. I know of a couple for sure that I saw. Uh, probably a few more that you could call errors. The defense just didn't perform like a cathedral team normally does. They, and they got beat. They got beat the way cathedral beats a lot of teams. You know, they take advantage of mistakes. When you can't end an inning with some routine plays or, you know, making a play on yeah, the defensive yeah. end. Joliet Catholic still had 11 hits in the game. Oh, no doubt. And they scored but, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Some of those hits, I think you could have. Eh. Um, but, no, you're right. I mean, they put the ball in play. That's why they're You know, but one of the one. things we, we talked about, Cathedral might be weak on the mound. You know, they still got Schofield throw, but – um, I didn't I expect their lineup to be as good as it as it's showing right now. They saw a Notre Dame commit, a lefty, uh, and they they had eight hits against them. Yeah, uh, Cole. no, Cole Vasio was three for three with a ribby. Mac Murphy, um, one of their top returning hitters, two for four with a homer. I um, feel like that guy's three RBI seven hundred. Yeah, at Grand Park. Every time you see him, kids hitting. Yeah, but you go back to saying we thought they're. We weren't sure about their pitching. I mean, we talked er – Derek Hazlitt threw a heck of a game against right. the number – whatever team that was in Illinois. Yep. Um, and then they still have Schofield tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. – oh, they're going to be all right. That's for sure. And then uh, Providence played the late game uh, that kept us – which is the reason why we're in here right now. They were one of the last games to finish up. Won uh, 7-6 against Tal- Talmadge. Talmage, tomato, tomato. I don't know. How do you want to say it? Talmage. They played a school from Ohio. There you go. They won 7-6. Really good game. Uh, Joe Wilkinson got the start for them. Just yes. came up the 2019. Uh, just came back from Tommy John. Looked really good uh, early. I didn't. I, we haven't seen him in a couple of years. I, I forgot how physical, athletic looking that kid is. Uh, big knock or me. Not a knock. It's one one of the things I thought needed to get better was the breaking ball still. Yeah. Hey, you said you saw a couple flash. I just thought it was an inconsistent pitch. Oh, it was absolutely inconsistent. But he threw he he threw some in for a strike. I think he got a couple Ks on it. Um, it's just an inconsistent pitch. Got around on it a little bit. Um, something he's gonna have to continue to work on. But the fastball was eighty nine, ninety one. A lot of ninety ones early. Um, threw strikes with it. Just be interesting to see how he continues to progress. But that 2019 class, full of full of arms. I mean, you people look at Providence. That's a <laughs> with with uh, Graf and them. Yep, Graf and Wilkinson. They're gonna they're gonna be a tough out. Uh, they're probably gonna be back here next year. Yes, for this event. Yep. Um, yep. They're talented, but they got a seven six win. They're two and zero. Ron Colley with a big 10-3 win over Talmadge or Talmage, team from Ohio. <laughs> That's what uh, I prefer, Phil. There you team go. Team from Ohio. It's easier no. to say. No. Game one, Schnell had a good day at the plate, two for four with a double, a RBI, and a walk. Uh, Harrison Koppenhofer was three for five. Hey, if he's going to protect Nick the way he did today, and we'll talk about second game here in a second, but 
he's going to protect him, and that's going to only make that team that much better. No, absolutely. He had a huge day. No, absolutely. Three for five with two RBIs in game one. And then uh, Dominic Brown, two for four with a homer. I told you I liked him at the yep, – uh, 2021. I told you at the preseason All-State or whatever, I liked him. Um, it, it's just really twitchy. Yep. No, there's some athletic twitch there. He's going to be a good player to follow uh, throughout his high school career. Yep. Uh, and then game two, uh, Ron Colley, this is one of the better games of the day. Had a, had a lot of energy late. Yeah, um, excitement in the crowd, both yep. both dugouts. Uh, they faced Sandberg in the – well, it was supposed to start at 8.45. I have no idea what time it started. 9.22, uh, I believe. Is that – because of your rain. I, I didn't want to make it <laughs> exact, but 922 <laughs> and 38 seconds. Um, no, Ron jumped out early. They were up 4-0 on Sandberg. Um, ended up losing 5-4 in walk-off fashion. Schnell, though, another huge game for him offensively. He's most excited about the fact he touched 94, whatever. He was 2-3. for That's, three. He started on the mound. Yeah, He's he started on the mound. He struck out 7. He, It's an electric arm. Don't get me wrong. No, nah, absolutely. It, but what he did for himself because he was two for three with two triples um, and two runs scored and I heard multiple scouts because he pulled one of his triples. He pulled the one in the right center yep. gap. I mean there was a someone that will remain nameless yeah, that works in professional it. baseball. Yeah. Uh, he, he saw that and he was done. like well that's it. Yep. That's I'm, all I needed to see. Yep. So no, he had a huge day um, overall which is good because I know you know, early on, he hasn't been pitched to like you're hoping he would. Um, or at least being able to hit good pitches. Yeah. Uh, here, And that's what's great about this setting. Is you're bringing in talented teams, talented arms, and they're here to compete. You can only you can only hide that so long, though. He did get intentionally walked. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> figured it out. Uh, no, but Ron Colley lost on a walk-off. Um, yep, so they finished 1-1. One and one. Cathedral finished 1-1. One and one. Uh, Providence 2-0. and oh. Kokomo only played one today. They'll play two tomorrow. Um, they're all in one. Hopefully, you know, everybody can pick up another win tomorrow. And Kokomo's sake, hopefully they pick up two tomorrow. Well, and I don't want to be the pessimist in the room, but I think it's well documented that uh, I believe it's going to rain tomorrow. So we'll see if we can play baseball. Yeah, you brought up the whole rain thing for uh, for today uh, on our previous podcast. and. It rained, what, maybe like five minutes? 34 so, minutes thir of lightning bolts. Lightning. It, only a little bit of rain, though. I think there was like two minutes of of downpour. You got so it. I got faith. Tomorrow's going to be dry. We're going to get every game in. Um, it's going to be you know, a good wrap-up to what today was. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Hopefully we'll be able to bring on uh, Nick Schnell, be able to talk to him a little bit about uh, his experience um, so far. And then also bring on Nathan Rohde, our uh, national scouting director for Prep Baseball Report. Get his thoughts and opinions on some of our pro guys, um, as well as kind of just recap the event as a whole. Uh, just interested to hear his thoughts. So we will continue this uh, tomorrow. Or later today, whatever you want to call it. That's a good point. It is really early in the morning. So we're going to go get a few hours of sleep, and then uh, we'll hop back on here and continue the rest of this. Uh, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. Well, we uh, wrapped up the PBR Midwest Select. I think overall, Blake, it was really successful. Um, lots of talent all over the place. I think we got the right teams as a state. 
Although, you know, from the competitive side, I wish we would have won a little more. Um, our Indiana team struggled a little bit today. I wish we would have been rained out today, let's be honest. <laughs> nah, they, we still got to see some things. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what this event was really about. Obviously, everyone wants to win. But uh, we put out a platform for guys to show off in front of tons of pro scouts and our PBR scouting staff. So, you know, though Indiana went 0-5, Again, we struggled today. Uh, overall, as an event, it was successful, and I'm really, really looking forward to next year. Well, and even talking to the coaches, I think they learned a lot about their ball clubs early in the year, and, and really, you know, sometimes when you're the number one, number two, or you think you have a chance to win state, you've won some games by the Penn Run Rule, or you're getting ready to play some easy teams, you think you're better than you are. And I, from listening to those guys, I, they learned a lot about their teams, and they humbled them a little bit. I think I think you're going to have a good week of practice from those top teams, and and it's only going to make them better, regardless of the outcome this weekend. Yeah, it, and w you and I both talked about it. It only matters come uh, you know Memorial Day weekend yep. when it's sectional time. That that's when everything really gets going. You use the regular season pretty much to get ready for the postseason um, with mm -hmm. the way you know the playoffs are set up. So I think, like you said, guys are going to go back. Teams are going to know what they need to work on. Um, and I expect each of these teams that were here today to uh, use it to their advantage and use it to uh, get better, and hopefully each of them make a deep postseason run. No doubt. So it was awesome well, covering it. I'm tired. Yeah, I hear you. Well, like I said, we were going to uh, bring on Nick Chanel for an interview, had a chance to do that um, before his first game today. So why don't we hop right into our interview with Nick Chanel? All right, we're here with Ron Colley outfielder Nicholas Schnell. Uh, his Rebels went one and one yesterday in game one. Uh, big win early, 10 to three, and then a tough loss yesterday to Sandberg to end the evening. But you were rolling yesterday. Ended up going uh, four for seven in both your games. Uh, two for four in game one with a double, a couple RBIs, uh, smoked two triples in game two. You know, that's the first time you've been pitched to, you know, consistently, it seems like in, you know, consecutive games you told me earlier you had what double digit walks through your first eight games so yeah, how'd you something feel like that. yeah it and was nice uh i saw a lot off speed uh pretty much the whole day but it was just nice being able to see strikes for the first time in a while a lot of teams have been either not giving me pitches at all or just in, like walking me so it was nice to be here this weekend, get a lot of pitches to see and to hit. So it was just nice to see that. Have you been feeling pressure? You know, obviously you have a lot of scouts at your games, you know, throughout. Do you feel the pressure of not getting pitched to? Do you feel like you need to, ex you know, expand your zone because you're not able to swing the bat and you want to prove that, you know, you're the elite level hitter that you are? Is there pressure, you know, when you're not getting pitched to? I don't think so. I think uh, as a whole, if – I can get on base and then do something on base and show them what I, what I can do that way. I can I can show them what I can do, other than hitting. Basically, I can run the bases, get a couple stolen bases, show them what I got in the outfield. So not seeing pitches isn't the biggest deal. But when I do get a pitch, I try to take advantage of it and do what I can. So there's been some conversation this weekend about your ability to pitch. How do you feel about hitting 93 yesterday? Um, you know, I think it was 94, 93.5 rounds up to 94. So, um, it felt pretty good though. It felt good. Um, uh, I 
just try to go out there and do my thing and compete as well as possible when I'm out there. I just do what I can and try and help my team however I can, and I just try and compete as hard as I can on the mound. So. Oh, you had seven strikeouts. How do you feel today? How's your arm? Holding uh, up good? Yeah, it's all right. All right. Good enough to play. Um, what it, what it, looking at Ron Colley, obviously you guys have a chance to compete for a state title. Um, what are some things, you know, you've played enough games now. What are your weaknesses? What do we need to improve on? Uh, what what prevents you from winning state? Um, I think, honestly, our biggest, our biggest evil is ourselves. Sometimes we get in our own heads. I think sometimes we show up and kind of expect to win instead of coming out with a killer instinct and jumping on teams. So I think our biggest thing is just coming out with energy every game and showing what we got from the beginning and jumping on teams early. Who's the best arm you've seen this year so far? Best arm I've seen this year. Yeah, that's a tough um, question. I don't know. I got. I got to think back. Oh, Gabe Bierman. Yeah, we faced Bierman. Gabe. Yeah, on. You Tuesday. just played them the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah he looks back. pretty good. Yeah. Three-two loss. Uh, you guys went. Did you go to Tennessee? Where'd you go? Mm -mm. Kentucky. Louisville. Oh yeah, Super it got. Can, yeah, we got. It that's got right. Canceled, it got though. canceled. Yeah. So I was going to ask you to compare the two events so far, but for the PBR Midwest Select. You, How's the atmosphere been overall? It's a first-year event for us. What do you think of the whole thing? No, it's awesome. It's awesome because uh, you see all these guys you played with all summer, too, from different states, and so you get to meet up with them, talk about, talk to them, see what they're doing, and it's just a good environment. You get to see, like you said, I'm getting to see pitches, too, so the co the competition's better. You're getting to see a lot of, a lot of different things from a lot of different guys, so... Uh, since that uh, competition's elevated, everything everything's pretty exciting, and everybody's ready to play and excited to be out here to play. Man, that kid had a really good weekend overall. Uh, he was, by far, in my opinion, the best player here. No doubt. Um, you know, and there was really good players when you, you look up and down those rosters, but Schnell's just a little bit more advanced than the rest of them. Right, and that's not taken away from, you know, the Polans and Perkins and all that. They're, you know, they're not far behind at all. But as far as a draft prospect, yep. um, I think Nick made it loud and clear. He is the top guy in the state. And I, um, I think Poland's a little bit more ready to hit pro ball. I think it's just when you look at that whole profile, uh, Schnell's just got a little bit more with the body to dream on. And, and, and he has a defensive position. So Yeah, I think Nick kind of solidified it that he is one of the top outfielders in the country. There wasn't a lot for him to prove. Yep. Um, I think Jared Poland proved a lot. Um, <laughs> I think he proved a lot to a lot of pro guys here um, that they're really going to have to keen on him the rest of the spring because I think he's a legitimate draft guy. It's yep. all just going to come down to signability like it is for so many kids. But to me, he solidified if he If he's willing to sign, I think that kid's a top five rounder. No I don't doubt. think there's any doubt about it. Well, and, you know, I had a chance to sit down and talk to our national scouting director, uh, Rody, so to find out what he thought about these guys in the drafts. Well, I'm excited to bring in our national supervisor with Prep Baseball Report. Uh, Nathan Rody has called Indiana home for the last, what, five or six days now? Uh, it, was about, yeah, it was about five days. Uh, you got out of here just in time. I can promise you I am sitting here in five layers. It is... It feels like 36, and we are expecting <laughs> snow. So you might have been here for the five warmest days of the year in Indiana. 
Yeah, that's what uh, that's what it seems like. The weather was uh, was pretty great for my time there, but as I left Sunday morning, uh, it was quite cold. Um, so I got back to North Carolina where it's warm, uh, but this storm that passed across the country and dropped blizzards everywhere is now issuing tornado warnings in North Carolina. So, okay, uh, so you take the good with the bad, I guess. You want to jump on a flight and go visit Shooter real quick, and <laughs> I'll meet you I, out there. I'd actually love to get back to Orange <laughs> County, California. <laughs> I'm I'm good with that. I'll I'll start googling <laughs> flights now. Um, yeah. So you. You started your trip. You got in. You got to see uh, Hayden Jones, correct, from Carroll? That, that is right. I rolled right off the plane, dropped my stuff in the hotel, and drove the hour and a half or so north to Fort Wayne to see Mr. Hayden Jones. What would you think? Um, you know, how would he look? What did he do on the game? So uh, the game that I saw, uh, he was two for three with two home runs. Uh, he did not waste any time, uh, you know, announcing his presence with authority, if you will. Uh, first pitch he saw of the game uh, was a bomb to right center. Wind was blowing out, but, I mean, we all know Hayden. He's yep. a big, strong kid. He doesn't need the wind to hit home runs. Um, and that one, I think, would have been gone no matter what. Uh, but that it went to right center. Uh, second at bat, um, it, the swing was long, and he was kind of out in front. Uh, so he popped out to uh, first base. But then in the third at bat, uh, he stayed back again, hit a rocket to dead center field um and uh hit another home run it, it was ruled a home run uh there's debate as to whether it went through the gate or over the gate that's in center field at carroll uh but either way it was well struck it was dead center field if it involved the hayden there's no debate it went through the fence it wasn't a home run and we need to re we need to drop his statistical total down <laughs> one. sorry hayden. Uh. <laughs> so uh but either way he barreled it um and it was dead center field traveled pretty well um, and I mean, at the very least, it was going to be a double. It would have taken a highlight real catch, um, to, to secure the out. Uh, but then aside from that, I mean, we know, we all know what he is defensively. He's, mm -hmm. that's what he's known for. He's yep. extremely advanced. He's got, um, you know, I, it's, it's kind of funny. Like I say, he's got firm hands, but it's not like they're hard in his receiving. It's like his hands don't move and that ball, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, being stopped by a brick wall he's so strong with that hand uh and wrist and forearm there he's going to handle velocity no problem he's got uh quickness out you know out of the crouch you know he jumped on a ball that was dribbled in front of him and threw the lead runner out at second you know he makes a good transition and he's got a rocket launcher for an arm um i mean I'm sure it's no surprise to anybody that mm, I didn't get any pop times on him <laughs> during the game because no one no. stole because no one's that crazy. Um, but in between innings, you know, he made sure that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And, you know, it was consistently one nine uh, in between oh. innings. So it's a plus arm uh, for me. Um, certainly an advanced uh, advanced defender. How's he stack up nationally with the catching crop uh, in his class? Uh, well, I mean, he's a top 100 guy still for me uh, in terms of, you know, looking at the overall. Uh, there's a few catchers uh, in front of him. I don't think the, the class overall is as deep as we've seen um, in the past. Um, but, uh, I, you know, he's in the conversation as one of, you know, the top five to ten catchers uh, in the country uh, for sure. And then next night you kind of got to stay close to the hotel a little more and, and check mm -hmm. out. Our new number one team, Fishers. Uh, 
So, so they, they, I guess they, I guess they lobbied hard for it and uh, they got yeah, it. You, I did. <laughs> your argument pushed them over the top to number one. So whatever they bribed you with, uh, congratulations, <laughs> Fishers. I, that game ended and they, uh, they handled Hamilton Southeastern pretty good. Um, and, uh, you know, showed a pretty powerful offense that night. And I was on the field waiting for Luke Albright to talk to him and, uh, they were walking past me and they said, Hey, are we number one now? And I was like, guys, I got nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all Blake and Phil. Uh, but I, I guess I passed the message along. So, um, but no, that's a, it's a good ball club. And I mean, when you got a guy like Albright, mm-hmm. um, who's like your front man, and then obviously Grant Richardson's it's a legitimate two way guy, um, and can give you some innings and compete on the mound. Um, uh, I mean, he very well could get innings at, at, uh, Indiana, like, yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Uh, so when you got a one-two punch like that, uh, not to mention the offense that they have between uh, Richardson, uh, you know, Craig Yoho obviously hitting the middle of that lineup. But then, um, correct me, Matthew Wolf mm-hmm. obviously he's got some no. power. I mean, you got a, a pretty strong offense, yep. uh, you know, with Fishers. You know, it's no surprise to me that, you know, they are number one worthy um but you know there's good baseball in indiana so you know they're gonna have to hold on to that spot and fight for it the whole way i think yep uh i mean the thing that separates them is probably the the one two punch of albright richardson over everybody Mm -hmm. else um you know we saw poland on the mound this weekend and you know he had a didn't have a great outing didn't have a terrible outing but Mm -hmm. you know when you compare him to richardson and albright on the mound you you pick those two and same thing with ron collie you're still choosing that one too over them and we'll get into Kokomo here after a while, but, uh, they, <laughs> they had a rough one. So, yeah. It, the, what'll be interesting too is uh, what's the makeup of the Indiana playoffs? Like what's the system yeah. you play two games a week. Is it a best of three series or is it single elimination? It's the worst system in, in high school baseball. I think, um, well, we actually, have you seen what Texas does? We play six games in four weeks. Okay. So, oh wow, yeah. So it's nice and spread out. Yeah. So we that's start, advantage Fishers right there. Yep. And, and so they have to win. They may have to now. Fishers is in the toughest. I don't want to say toughest. One of the toughest sectionals this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're predetermined sectionals. It's a blind draw. It's usually a six to seventeen tournament, uh, single limb, blind draw. So sometimes they may have to have three arms to get out of their first grouping. And then mm-hmm. they won't need more than two arms the rest of the way. So it's mm-hmm. a six-seven team, and then they go to a four-team regional, a two-team semi-state, and a two-team sem- state final. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, so if they, the hardest part for their road is surviving that sectional. Uh, Ron Colley, Cathedral, some mm-hmm. of the northern teams have a much easier road to get out of that, and then Cathedral and Ron Colley. Gotcha. Uh, could match up in the, the regionals. So Gotcha. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. But, I mean, obviously, no matter what your format, if you've got two legitimate arms, mm-hmm. that's going to give you an advantage right away. You just have to hope that, you know, they're on point, yep. you know, when you send them to the mound. Um, then we got off. We, we got to experience our first annual, our first ever uh, uh, PBR Midwest Select. Uh, mm-hmm. What was your overall feeling from the event? You You're fortunate enough to see – the NHSI, the Boris Classic, than this. Obviously, ours is a first-year event and kind of trailing those, but what was your overall experience? What did you think of the event as a whole? It was great. I mean, obviously, Mark Dvorsnak did a great job for us putting it together and, and getting the teams in there that, you know, obviously, for me, I want to see top prospects because yeah. I'm covering the draft. I need to see as many 
players as I want, but I also want to see good baseball. Mm-hmm. And I got to see that this weekend. I mean, Friday, I, I mean, I'd love to go back and look at see how many runs we saw on the day between those, you know, 8, 10, 12 games, whatever it was that we saw. Um, I mean, obviously the wind was helping out and any elevated fastballs were carrying, uh, but we saw a ton of offense. Um, and beyond those draft prospects, I mean, there were guys that, you know, Division One recruits, uncommitted guys that played well. Um, so I got to see, you know, three good weeks of good baseball. And, you know, while, you know, I know everybody in the in the office and the company likes to call me a draft snob or player snob, and it's true. I mean, that's my job. <laughs> but um, at the same time, I do take notice of what these guys are, are playing against and what else is around them. Um, and I saw good baseball this weekend. You know, it was a great two-day, one-stop shop um, that we got there at Grand Park. What a – I mean, let's dive into Nick Schnell. Schnell's probably the most high-profile guy we got in our class as far as the draft. Mm-hmm. You got to see a lot of at-bats. Um, what, what were your overall take of him? You know, where do you see him ending up? You know, where can he end up in the draft? I don't want to say where is he going to end up. We all know there's a <laughs> lot that goes into that. So No doubt. Uh, you know, he's, he's still one of the top outfielders for me in the country. Uh, obviously, left-handed bat, good athlete. Uh, he runs well. You know, a team that likes him is going to give him every chance to stay in center field, I think. Um, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he stays there. Um, but you know, you're buying into the potential offense that he can provide. Uh, he's got bat speed from the left side. He's a strong kid. Uh, he's going to get stronger. There's still obviously some projection left in there. Um, and he's a competitor, like, you know, and you know, people that's going to, people are going to be drawn to him for that. And he went off on Friday, you know, he showed off that bat speed. It seemed like every at bat, he was squaring something up. So it was no surprise that on Saturday, his first two at bats, he walked and barely saw a pitch near the strike zone because uh, Friday was so huge for him. It, it's um, amazing how quick those scouting reports get past. <laughs> yeah, I guess I and all you have to really do is you know check out Twitter. You know that was right. just a whole it was a litany of videos of Nick Schnell murdering right. a baseball. You know he's definitely he's your top guy, um, and he's probably you know the one that has the best chance of. Uh, of coming out of high school this year in the Indiana class and signing, you know, whether obviously I don't know what his number is and, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, a huge factor in it. Um, but right now on talent, you know, I can see him being, you know, the ceiling right now of being kind of one of those comp picks like supplemental, you know, the second round kind of on the high end. Cause you know, it's a deep class. Yeah. It's a very deep class. Um, you know, if you look at the arms coming out of Florida uh, the arms coming out of Texas, you know, it's a strong year uh, in the Midwest. The Northeast is ex- particularly strong uh, if they ever get some games in. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the Midwest this year. The weather's been terrible. Um, so it's a deep class, um, which I think might keep him out of, you know, that back of the first round discussion. Okay. But nonetheless, you know, he's still got some games to play and, you know, maybe there's a team out there that likes him that much, but obviously the athleticism, the offensive profile for him um, plays pretty well. Is there anything he can do to elevate himself into that back half of the first round, or is it, you know, he's kind of is what he is now, and people are just making sure nothing crazy happens the next couple of weeks? I, I think it's, I think it's people kind of making sure that nothing crazy happens. Okay. It, he is. 
with that phrase, like he is what he is. It's not like we're talking about, you know, uh, an advanced physically right-handed, like high school reliever guys, I think have a good idea as to what his profile is. So, um, you know, he's played consistently. So as long as he continues to do that, I think, um, you know, that's going to what, that's going to be what maximizes his ceiling when it comes to the draft. Um, you know, as long as he continues to play consistently and, you know, then he'll be fine. So, and then, uh, another kid we had a chance to lock in on was, uh, Jared Poland. Um, if you want to give me mm-hmm. kind of a quick take on what your thoughts of him were, you know, if, if his profile changed at all, you've seen him a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, just let us know what you thought of him throughout the, the weekend. Well, that guy, he did the same thing at the Midwest select that we've seen him do everywhere. And that's just flat out hit. This guy, you know, there are questions about where is he going to play on the diamond? Is he uh, a second baseman? Will he play third base? His position is batter's box. <laughs> like, the dude just flat out rakes every time. He's a strong kid, um, so he's going to hit for some power. You know, I, whether he plays second base or third base, I don't really care because it's going to profile with mm-hmm. the bat. Um, and the hit tool is the most important tool when it comes to getting drafted um, and getting promoted throughout the minor leagues. Now, for a high school guy, you know, that's a little bit – it's a little bit tougher because, you know, high school bats are the hardest to project. Uh, the fact that he's does, done it consistently and he's done it everywhere, you know, from being an underclassman, you know, through, uh, you know, going through the showcase circuit and now into the spring, continuously doing it, obviously that's going to help him. Uh, but high school guys, you know, teams usually look for a little bit more ceiling um, – you know, uh, uh, kind of more of that star profile. And uh, while he doesn't necessarily fit that like high ceiling, middle of the diamond type, um, you know, profile, I think if you asked anybody that's involved, they're like, well, yeah, he's going to play in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Like we know it. It's just a matter. It's going to come down to, you know, what's his number. You know, if he, if he wants to sign, he's motivated to sign and he doesn't have an astronomical number. A team's going to do that. A team's going to jump on him. Um, now, if he wants to go to school and he's got a high number, I think teams will be fine with that. We're going to see him go to Louisville and hit 350 for three years, and then he'll be a top two rounder, you know, out of there because he's performed, you know, improved it at the next level. Yep. So and he, that dude, just he breaks. Like it's, <laughs> I love watching him hit because it's so easy for him. And it doesn't matter who's on the mound. Doesn't matter if it's like some guys struggle nope. when they see 65. He still hits that when he sees 95. Mm-hmm. He's just as locked in. It, it, it's really impressive to watch him hit, and we've gotten to experience it for four years. We're going to miss him next year because it was always kind of <laughs> that. We know we can go watch Jared. He's still going to hit because we're not a real offensive state. So Yeah. And then the <laughs> no, I know. You guys have pitchers on pitchers on pitchers <laughs> every year. Finally, hey. Jared Poland and Nick Schnell and – even Grant Richardson, you know, kind of breaking the mold a little bit with this class. Well, and don't forget the kid down south. He's kind of forgotten in our class, but Timmy Borden's another one that had a lot of attention exactly. on him this weekend. I, what was your take on him? Uh, we talked a little bit off air, but I'd love to get your kind of take on where you saw him as. Yeah, I like I like Timmy. I, I've liked him since the first time I saw him at, at Tournament of Stars last summer. You know, he's a good athlete. Um, You know, I think he's got a chance to stay at shortstop. Um, You know, it's a tough position, so I'm not going to say it's a lock. Uh, And I think there's some, you know, I think there's some life to the hit tool in there. Uh, The the swing did look a little long at times this weekend, Mm -hmm. um, and he did swing at some pitches out of the zone. I don't know if he was 
you know, just anxious or, or whatever. Um, but we did see that when he's, when he's good, like he can impact the baseball, you know, a home run on the first day. And then on the second day, he smoked a triple, the dead center fielder. Maybe that was the, that was the night game, um, on, on Friday that he smoked that one to dead center. Um, so yeah, I'm a big Timmy Borden fan. Uh, I think I might be the high guy in the organization on him. Um, but, uh, for me, being realistic and looking at the profile, I like to see him as a guy like, you know, go to school, okay. like go to school, be a star, be, be a consistent player there for a few years and, and show us that you can continue to do it, um, you know, at the next level. Uh, and, you know, I say that, I mean, sometimes like I, I put that out there about a player and, um, you know, someone will come back and it's like, oh, I'm definitely ready for pro. It's not a negative to not be ready for pro ball or to be a college guy. Um, and so I want to just make sure I make that point <laughs> when I say like, I'd love to see Timmy Borden go to school because I think, you know, especially at a program like Louisville, you know, we could be looking at like, you know, like look at Tyler Fitzgerald, you know, he was tools on tools on tools in high school, but he's at college and he's playing well for one of the top teams in the country. Uh, one of the top programs in the country, nothing wrong with that. So, and that's kind of where I envision, uh, Timmy Borden is, you know, let him go to school be a star at Louisville for a few years and then, you know, be a dude again out of college. Do you think, do you see it on the national level? We see it here. Uh, we don't get a lot of national bats as we talked about, you know, draft guys, but like uh, when I got done talking to Tucker Barnhart and things have worked out well for him, TJ Collette mm -hmm. went through it as well. Uh, these better Indiana high school bats, all of a sudden they're looking breaking ball in the box. And, and Borden is kind of one of those kids that it looked like he was always looking for something off speed never getting a fastball. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of Indiana high school baseball or if that's more of a national thing that these national bats just don't get pitched to near as much. And they usually end up expanding the zone. Mm -hmm. They strike out more than they're accustomed to their senior year. And we talked to Schnell and, and Poland a little bit about it. You know, you, you got to stay in your – you got to be willing to take walks sometimes. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that's especially true in the spring. Like, if yeah. you are one of those guys that – you know, you're invited to area codes or you go to East Coast Pro or Tournament Stars or really any, you know, like national or even like big regional uh, level event, like you're a name, you're going to be known. So the chances of you seeing a, a fastball, a hittable fastball in the spring, unless you're facing a dude who's ready to challenge you, you're just not going to see it. Guys are going to pitch you backwards. So you got to show that ability to be patient at the plate. And when you do get that one pitch, you can't miss it. You got to You got to make sure you hammer it. Um, so, you know, showing that patience obviously is big and, you know, not expanding the zone. And, you know, for some guys that's tough, you know, as a senior year in high school, trying to put big numbers up or whatever, you know, thinking about, you know, a good year and other guys, you know, it doesn't matter. So, uh, you definitely got to be able to show some patience at the plate. Oh, it's just it's one of those things, and I didn't know if Indiana was alone in that thought or if that was not a national thing. I mean, and... not at all. I mean, the only – I guess the only difference – and, I mean, I don't even think this is necessarily true in Indiana because Indiana's got good arms, so you've got some guys out yep. there that are going to challenge you. But in Florida, you'll you just probably run into that hitter – uh, that hitter pitcher matchup a little bit more often. Okay. Uh, but I mean, we were at the Boris classic and you know, there's good arms out there and the good hitters step up, 
boom, so first pitch breaking ball. Gotcha. Like they don't want to lose. So no one, no one like likes to lose. So why are you gonna why are you gonna feed a fastball to a guy that you know can can hammer it? So I mean we see it all over um, you know the country. Just those top hitters, don't you know they. I always ask him, it's like, you know, what are you seeing up there? And he's like, I, I look for my one pitch I get in that bat, if that, and I try not to miss it because I know I'm going to get a steady uh, diet of off-speed pitches. Well, and to conclude this, you know, Indiana always feels like the redheaded stepchild with uh, <laughs> not only the national coverage, but just on the national stage. How do our teams – you saw six of our top uh, ten teams in the state mm-hmm. this, this past weekend. We're going to just go ahead and write Kokomo, and we're going to say, okay – it's very unusual to watch that many fastballs get barreled, and we're just going to leave it at they had a bad weekend <laughs> yes. and move on. But how did our national or our top six teams? How do they compare to these other national teams? Are we in the mix? Are we way behind? Obviously, take California, Florida out um, because I think mm-hmm. everybody that's just the assumption that those guys are that much further ahead. But mm-hmm. how do our six compare to everybody else? I think you guys are in the mix. I mean, California, Florida, and Texas, and even Georgia are kind of um, you know, off the scale, the, those, those guys are the outliers, um, because of, you know, the baseball they, they, that they play, but Indiana, you know, I've been there twice now in the spring, you know, I came a couple of years ago to see, uh, Brian Hoeing and Nolan Watson, um, you know, who I was a big fan of, uh, coming out of high school. Uh, and you guys are in the mix. Like, it's you know we talk about the draft prospects a lot because that's what yeah. gets the most attention. But you guys are churning out Division One players. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's no surprise. You look at Louisville um, and you look at Indiana. Like those programs are playing consistently uh, and competing at the Division One level. And where are those players coming from? Yep. They're coming from the Midwest. The Hoosiers are bringing guys in from within state. Louisville, you know, is coming over the border and getting guys from Indiana and elsewhere in the Midwest. And the success of those programs lies, you know, largely on the shoulders of of some of those players. So you guys are definitely in the mix. Um, you know, it's good competitive baseball. And, you know, it's kind of like a couple of years ago, I went to uh, went to Kansas. And, you know, obviously I was there to see Joey Wentz and Riley Pint, who are two, like, exceptions to the history of, you know, the state of Kansas. But while I was out there, I was seeing other teams. I was like, man, like, the baseball out here is actually – pretty good like you know i'm not just here to watch these guys and wait for them to come back to the mound or wait for them to come back up to bat there were some guys in between um that were good players so you guys definitely uh you may feel like the redheaded stepchild um but i mean but you aren't like there's good baseball up there to be seen for sure hey we we'll keep screaming at you national guys nonstop. tell you how great we are so (laughs) well well well, savage for shooter he he's the one he's (laughs) you remember remember who came to indiana (laughs) It wasn't Shooter. It was me. Hey, <laughs> so I'm take... going to go ahead and throw him under the bus. Yeah, I was say, he took a lot of shots at you. I thought it was a little unfair for him to kind of jump down you, but whatever. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's kind of par uh, for the course. Yeah, every good working relationship comes with that, I guess. So I'm pretty sure he <laughs> we'll said continuously all throw each other under the bus. I'm pretty sure he said that the only way he covers games is through Twitter anymore anyway. So I'm not sure he gets out of his house, so. He, 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 he's in love with his, uh, command center technology. So that's why, that's why he gets so sunburnt when he gets, uh, gets out to events. He lives in Portland and he sits in his house and watches games on ESPN and over Twitter and all that. We need to, we need to get him out more. Or just take his Apple TV away. One or the other. 
there you go. So. Do that too. Well, <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate you spending a week. We always love to have you, and and uh, can't thank you enough for what you say and do for our kids. And where are you going next? Do you get to stay home for a few days? Yeah, I'm home for a few days. Uh, gonna check some things out uh, in North Carolina. And then uh, once the uh, Northeast proves to me that they've completely thawed <laughs> out and they're not going to get any more storms, uh, I'll probably make my way up there um, early early to mid-May. So that's the next big trip on the slate. But I'll be uh, I'll be in my own shooter hunt command center for a little <laughs> while, watching some stuff from around the country, working on some midseason uh, list updates and things like that, and also taking in a little bit of the baseball in North Carolina. Sounds good, and we'll see you in August when you're back here for the future games. Uh, I can't wait for it, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet, Blake. Thanks. See you. Well, hopefully Nathan enjoyed being on the Hoosier BP podcast. You and I have been fighting to get on their coffee and curveballs. We interviewed uh, Shooter last week, got him on the podcast. Now we have Rody. So, gentlemen, Blake and I are waiting on our invite for coffee and curveballs. You know, and – Rody said something to me, you know, it was kind of rude. He said I had a face for uh, radio. So, um, I feel like wow. that's the reason that we're not, uh, we're not on the, the coffee and curveballs a little bit. That's what about my face though? It's that know. nose, man. It's the cartoon <laughs> nose. It's getting everybody off. <laughs> you know, Just throwing all of it. And between off. those, those two have taken a lot of shots at each other on our podcast. I feel like we're uh, starting a little, uh, podcast hatred, uh, between oh. those two. Well, we'd love to come on and uh, kind of be the referee for the next coffee and curveball. So we're waiting on the invite, boys. For your Barstool <laughs> fans, I think Shooter and Nathan should be our next uh, rough and rowdy. <laughs> yeah, I see those things pop up on our Instagram. That's nuts. <laughs> so anyways, overall, good event. Um, you have any last thoughts? Any Any games you're looking forward to going into next week? All of them. I, you know, that right now we're chasing down more players than anything. Um, trying to get those uncommitted juniors. Uh, go back and watch them this spring. We saw a lot, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, over the winter at our preseason All-State event. Um, so just want to get back out there and see what they look like in the spring, what they look like in game situations. So, you know, we had a chance to see one of the top ones um, here at the event and uh, Christian Graf. Uh, Jack Walker, we were able to send Derek Ramey up to see him on Friday night. Had a good report on him. Um, trying to think who else we're going to see this week, or at least trying to. Uh, Giesman, he's on the list this week to go see. Um, and then Wes Vigo has a couple arms in Jake Lottenschlager and Evan Newman both who are at the preseason All-State. We're going to capture them this week. So looking forward to another good week. Weather sucks again. <laughs> I was looking at it today. Did you realize that the average is like a 55 to 60 degree high in April? Like we haven't had like, and I counted, I'm a weather nerd, but we had four days so far that have been they said above it's average. The, like the eight, it's the worst spring and like over 80 years or something like that sounds about right like we should be in the mid 60s by now yes um yep it looks like <laughs> I, I keep looking i'm a weather nerd like you i look at the forecast every day um multiple times a day hoping something changes on that weather app next week looks like everything finally turns um we've got uh tuesday what was it monday crappy day 
Tuesday, crappy day. Uh, Wednesday warms up a little bit, then it gets back down to like 48, and then we start getting into those mid-50s, and then next week looks like 60s, even possibly into the 70s by the end of the week. So everybody keep your fingers crossed. If that's wrong, I'm going back to the beach. Will hopefully be the turn for for good. I'm going back to the beach. I'm, I'm committed to going to the beach, Phil. I'm with you. We were there a couple weeks ago. I'm, ready I'm going to go back. back. So, I think that does it for us, man. Let's take it home. Yep. Look forward to a good week ahead. Uh, be sure to follow us online at prepbaseballreport.com and on Twitter at PBR Indiana, as well as Instagram at PBR Indiana. Mm-hmm.